started. All right, Craig is here. Uh, today we're going to be hearing the presentation for SIP 320, Minimum Collateral Delegation Duration. Who's presenting this SIP today? I, I'm happy to give an overview. Uh, I think we can pull a DB up here as well if he's interested to um, flesh things out if, I, if there are more details to cover. Great. Well, the floor is yours whenever you're ready, and DB looks like he's... And cool. there he is. Cool, thanks. Okay, so um, yeah, at a high level, um, I think the best way to think about this is um, sort of V3's version of the burn lock, which exists on V2. So um, what the the main consideration here is that there's sort of a, a front-running attack vector for LPs, where uh, a market might um, uh, someone might be able to anticipate that a market is about to make a large uh, positive change to its PNL. Um, for instance, there might be an asynchronous um, order that gets committed, and it looks like it's going to get settled on the next block. So an LP could uh, hypothetically come in, delegate a lot of collateral to a pullback in this market, um, receive an outsized share of the fees, and then um, stop backing the market. Uh, to sort of um, uh, front run the fees that would be earned by the passive LPs. Um, so th this also could happen on a single block. It, it would sort of look like just-in-time liquidity, um, uh, like through um, MEV. Uh, and then it could take a sort of a similar form in like uh, a market implementation that has uh, settlements and payouts that are, are uh, not continuous. So. Um, so in V2, uh, because of the uh, weekly um, payout for uh, uh, fees and rewards, like snapshotting has been an issue that uh, is mitigated, where essentially if you if you start LPing or, or staking into synthetics currently, you need to stick around for at least a full week. Uh, so you continue to um, uh, bear exposure to market fluctuations. And you can't just sort of um, step in and out to collect rewards or, or, or collect fees. So we, we need a, a similar mechanism uh, to this in the V3 system. Uh, the issue is it's a little more complicated now with V3 because we have multiple market implementations. We could have multiple pools. We could have multiple LPs within those pools. So the, the proposal here is basically that the market would have the ability to um, set uh, what this, uh, uh, minimum collateral delegation duration is. And then for a pool and the LPs within the pool, um, they are, uh, forced essentially to, uh, keep their collateral delegated. They, they can't modify their collateral delegation in relation to this market at a frequency greater than what's specified by the market. Um, so, uh, it, it is fundamentally a, a, a sort of a market design question. And so the idea is that the pool um, owner that's deciding to back a specific market would, would need to um, look at the market implementation and decide if it's willing to um, sort of subject itself to, um, to, to this requirement. Right. So uh, it, it, it's, it's sort of like enforcing sort of passive LPing at, at a certain frequency across the pool 
if it chooses to back a market um, that 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 has a, uh, a minimum delegation duration uh, uh, set to a specific value. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll pause there. Um, I know this is sort of a niche uh, uh, sort of topic or a- angle for the protocol, but it, it's the specific attack vector that again I, I think should be considered sort of analogous to the burn lock on V2. And uh, we feel it's important to have a similar mechanism for D3. Can I ask you a question that doesn't directly relate to the particular exploit that is existing here, but a potential similar one that might be similarly uh, mitigated? Um, What I'm imagining, or I guess what relates to the question is, at what point do LPs take on liability for the positive PNL? Of traders, is it dynamic or is it when traders close a position? Um, so LPs uh, and really the the pool broadly that's backing a market has exposure to the PNL of the market um, as soon as they begin delegating collateral to it. I'm not sure if that answered your question directly. Um, say you have a particular trader who has. Uh, a very successful trade that is open. Are the LPs exposed to the PNL of that trader on an ongoing basis, or does the trader have to close the trade in order for that liability to be applied to the LPs? Is it the oh, I see. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're saying in, in the case of a, a perpetual futures market specifically? Yeah. Yeah, so um, we're we're still working out the specifics of the of the V3 perps implementation, but I, I think the the way to consider it is that the the perps market is um uh the 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 debt of the perps market, which is being passed on to traders, is the skew of the market at any given point. Um, and then and then the the people backing the market are also receiving the exchange fees. Uh, but the idea is that for a perps market, the skew would say, stay generally neutral. Um, and then, uh, and then they would just continue to, to accrue exchange fees on top of that. To so answer your question specifically, yes, it is ongoing. As soon as the profits are realized, or, or not realized, but as soon as they are accrued from having a successful trade, um, like as soon as the Oracle reports a higher price for the token, maybe that's in the trader's favor, it gets immediately applied to the to all stakers that are attached to that market's debt. Okay, thank you. That that answers the kind of particular concern I had that you might have somebody choose to leave a pool um, on the block that somebody is closing a trade in a profitable position and then immediately re-enter. As if you have traders that are very successful in one particular trade um, and you don't have any kind of pause between requesting to leave and actually leaving, were you not to have that ongoing accrual of expert or kind of that ongoing state of exposure? Uh, I was just pondering whether that would also be a potential. Um, yeah. To be clear, uh, yeah. To be clear, uh, the if the user, so let's say you have this profitable trader and they've got like a bunch of unrealized PNL. 
if they close their position and realize all their P&L, the debt that has already been accrued by the stakers doesn't change because it's already been accrued. So this wouldn't have so much that this SIP really doesn't have so much an effect on those specific operations. It's more about, you know, cases where, uh, like maybe there's a new Oracle update coming in and there's a highly skewed market and, uh, the price of ETH is going up by like 5% in one Oracle update or something ridiculously high like that, obviously. Um, then this would prevent stakers from being able to repeatedly take advantage of those types of situations. And basically like, oh, this market's about to lose a bunch of money. I better exit, you know, and then re-enter like really fast, you know. It prevents that from happening. It's basically front-running the debt pool. Right. Thanks, yeah. It, 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 yeah. And and to, to build on that, like the, the, the proposal here uh, isn't checking if someone's uh, adding liquidity or removing liquidity. It's just modification. Because, as you say, like, the attack could sort of take two forms. One is sort of stepping out when a large payout is is about to happen or stepping in when a large uh, uh, sort of profitable change is going to happen. Um, so in, in any case, the proposal here is preventing people from uh, effectively being too active in their LPing. Got it. Thanks. Do you have a gut feel of what a uh, reasonable value for this might be? Set on a per market basis, so it would depend on the market. If we're talking about, for example, like a spot market or a perps market, uh, probably, you know, one day or even shorter than that would probably be way more than enough. Uh, if we're talking about other potential markets, uh, which have a bit more, uh, Really, what it comes down to is the volatility of the debt. If it's not like, for example, if there's potential that your market could suddenly go from having like, you know, whatever debt it has now to 5% more debt, then if you do the math, you know, and this happens, let's say, you know, once every 10 minutes or something like that, it's a very active market. Well, then in that case, uh, technically a front runner would be able to take advantage of that pack every 10 minutes and make 5% profit, which is bad. So you'd want to throttle that down to like, you know, seven days or, or even less frequent than that it gets. So it really, that's kind of what you're looking at is what is the potential gains by front running that the debt pool that, uh, that a, a bad actor could gain basically, and then trying to mitigate that so that the profits just aren't worthwhile. That's kind of how it works in V2X right now. Thanks. Yeah, Tara, I was more curious, gut feel, if there was any current estimations for different markets. I realize they can be changed. Like, it's, there's something important to mention with this design, is that right now with the um, state of uh, synthetics V2X, we cannot um, choose a market. There's only a single market, which is the entire um, uh, enti- all the markets, all the spot markets combined. But with that V3 design, we see that one doesn't fit 
uh, a state like it will be market driven rather than um, everyone assigns liquidity to the same market. So you'll have maybe liquidity flowing to where fee capture is ma- is optimal rather than um, one one size fits them all. It will be like different guys with different appetites might choose different markets. Yeah, that, that, that's right. And I'd say to sort of illustrate the point too, like the burn lock is set to a week because uh, the 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 fees previously the fees and rewards payout is is a week duration. Um, imagining no rewards, if there's if it's just fee burn, then um, the, the week uh, uh, duration feels a little arbitrary, right? Then then it's like we would really just want to set that burn lock down to whatever would be front runnable for specific trades. Which is why we think that number could come down significantly from a week um, for uh, normal like spot or perps markets. All right. Any other questions on this set? All right. Well, if that's it, uh, was there anything else, Noah? It sounded like maybe you stopped halfway to to get some feedback, or is that the the rest of the set? No, I think I think this covers it. Um, I, I think we'll probably have another sip in the next week or two for other smaller um, V3 core system updates that we might want to make. Uh, DB's already made some effort in making some more experimental markets, like uh, an insurance market and a lottery market. Um, Sort sort of as prototypes, but that's uncovering other core system changes, re- relatively minor core system changes like this that we'll probably want to make before we open up the system for um, external integrators. So uh, that's coming up, but um, no, th- this is a fairly contained change. Uh, um, there there isn't too much else to cover, I don't think. Three nineteen changes, Noah. Um. Yeah, I do, do. Do you want to give a quick overview of that? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as far as I've heard, three nineteen has already been presented to the council. Um, I just thought it'd be a, we just thought it'd be a good idea to uh, notify that uh, there have been a couple changes to the original draft since then. Uh, the biggest change just being that um, we're changing the uh, in order to save as much gas as possible for uh, for the markets that are using the deposit market USD and withdraw market USD functions. Um, we're removing the requirement to call like a pay uh, like a I can't remember what the function name was, but basically the specification said that uh, that the uh, core system would send. USD to this address that was configured, and then it would uh, call this function on the contract that it just sent the money to to inform it that it you know received new uh, SNX USD. But um, this is not uh, a very gas efficient way to handle this problem. So um, and there's alternative solutions that are much better. So um, we just basically altered the specification, the technical uh, 
the, the technical section of the specification to account for that change. Um, I think that was there one other change that we made, Noah, that was significant? I can't remember. Um, I think it was just the caching thing, but that's like a real, that's a really uh, technical nitpick, yeah. Yeah, but right, the the, um, the way that oh, I understand it changed it. Oh, for, for 319, you mean, or 320? Yeah, that was 320. Oh, right, 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 yeah. No, I think that was it with 319. It's just a matter of um, if uh, it's going to be sort of pull or push based for the um, for the core system fees. So the original, yeah, the original proposal is it would be more pull based uh, that would require the external function, like uh, the core system would have the uh, uh, the, the fee recipients uh, execute arbitrary logic to pull in the, the fees and then distribute them. And instead, we're just uh, thinking it'll be better to just send them out uh, to the fee recipient address. Uh, yeah, again, it, it's, a, it's a gas efficiency uh, consideration. Yeah. So, yeah, it sounds like that's it. Just wanted to alert the council of that change. Great. Well, if there are no other questions, I guess we can uh, call it here, right? Uh, just uh, is that ready for a vote? Just while we're on the topic of um, changes to presented SIPs, um, I requested changes to uh, 317. So just to let you know that those changes have yet to be implemented on the SIP itself. And those referred to reference to fee accrual um, being sent by default to the market, uh, which I opposed because it assumes that other collaterals will by default receive fees. Um, I think I cover the topic more thoroughly in the presentation for 317, so perhaps refer to that directly. Cool. That's right. Yeah, I, I had to sign up early from that uh, from that call, and I think the recording hasn't been available yet. So um, I'm, I'm happy to get back into the specifics there. I can listen to the recording and follow up as well. It's uh, um, however you want to proceed on that, but I'm happy to get things updated before the vote. Thanks, Tom. Cool. Yeah, so it sounds like we, we can be in touch separately about that then. Yeah, cool. All right. Looks like that's it for that SIP, uh, for all three of these SIPs, I guess. Thank you, everyone, and have a good evening. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Carnish. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Colin. Thanks, all.